A very good morning to you. I hope I find you well this Monday morning, the 30th of October 2023. This is The Papers, a pretty new podcast presented by me, Richie Allen. It will be available to download Monday to Friday around about 10 a.m. That's UK time. And it's just a glance through the stories being covered by the UK's daily newspapers. I hope you had a lovely weekend. Mine was okay. I did go to Old Trafford yesterday to watch my team get dismantled. My team being Manchester United by the Manchester of City or the City of Manchester. And um, it was neither good nor bad because we kind of expected it. But yeah, nice weekend, nice and chilled. Um, Looking forward to the coming week. Let's look at exactly what it is adorning the front pages of the newspapers today. The Daily Mirror leads with a photograph of Matthew Perry. The headline is Our Best Friend. Stars are paying tribute to Matthew Perry, who was found drowned in a hot tub at his home in California, in Los Angeles, aged only 54. He had a long-running battle with addiction, but some of the people who worked with him are paying tribute to him today. Sad story, that. Uh, The Sun, same again. um, Lovely photograph of the cast of Friends, in a publicity shot, presumably. Friend to the end is the headline. Star found in his hot tub, A-list pals, heart broken. Metro, the same. We've lost a great friend, Matthew Perry. Uh, the Times leads with UN warning on Gaza as desperation takes hold. Now, I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. The Times is focusing on Gaza after communication with the outside world was cut off from the territory on Friday evening as Israel prepared to expand its ground operations. We'll do a little bit on that in a minute. Uh, The Guardian leads with UN says civil order in Gaza is starting to break down. Allegations that thousands of Palestinians have raided warehouses for food because of the three-week total blockade there and the lack of aid coming in from the Egyptian border. Uh, The Guardian also goes with a photograph of Matthew Perry. The Daily Express, Middle East on precipice. As humanitarian crisis in Gaza grows, more desperate Iran... uh, Excuse me, let me read that again. As humanitarian crisis in Gaza grows more desperate, Iran warns war may spread. The Express saying that Iran is saber-rattling over what's happening in Gaza. As the Daily Mail goes with, Watching the fierce combat, we're like spectators in a vast, bloodied coliseum. Mail has Richard Pendlebury and Jamie Wiseman on the Gaza Strip border, says the Mail. There is no border. It's a prison. Prisons don't have borders. Um, The Daily Mail's reporters describe watching Israel's military like spectators in the back row of a bloodied coliseum. As the Daily Telegraph goes with, leads with Hamas blocks exit of foreign citizens. The allegation in the Telegraph today is that Hamas is preventing foreign nations, including Britons, from leaving Gaza. US officials are saying Israel and Egypt were prepared to allow foreigners leave the Strip, but Hamas has refused. That's an allegation in the Telegraph. Financial Times leads with Israeli forces gradually expanding Gaza ground assault against Hamas. And there is a horrific photograph 
on the front page of the of the Financial Times. It's taken in Israel and it is a kind of a long shot of what looks like an apocalyptic scene of Gaza with buildings destroyed, the earth scorched. It's a horrible photograph on the front page of the Financial Times. The Daily Star leads with the headline, Whiff, Whiff, Woof. Whiff, Whiff, Woof. The star says, the reason your dog is always waiting for you when you get home is because dogs can smell time. Dogs can smell time, is the Daily Star. Yeah. It also has a photograph of Chandler, um, Matthew Perry, of course, and also a photograph on the star of a Liverpool player whose uh, family have allegedly been kidnapped in Colombia. Terribly worrying, I suppose. Most Well, it must be uh, for the player. A number of papers covering that on the front pages as well as the back pages. Let's have a look at one or two stories then inside the papers. This is the papers with me, Richie Allen. Not to be confused with the Richie Allen radio show, which is a live radio show airing Monday to Thursday at 5pm UK time. Let's start with The Times then. And here's the headline for you. Emergency Cobra meeting to address accelerated terror threat in UK. What's this about? Well, according to The Telegraph, ministers will hold an emergency meeting today amid fears that the Israel-Gaza conflict has accelerated the threat of terrorism in Britain. Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, will meet national security officials and police at number 10 to assess the domestic security risk in the first such meeting since the Hamas attack on Israel 23 days ago. As the meeting will take place after Britain's most senior police officer warned that events in the Middle East were having a serious knock-on effect in Britain. Mark Rowley is quoted the Metropolitan Police Commissioner. He said his force was facing a particularly challenging time. He cited a surge in hate crime and unrest being stoked by Iranian agents, as revealed by the Times on Saturday, which was adding to the security threat. Highlighting the scale of the risk stemming from events in the Middle East, Rowley told Sky News on Sunday, quote, When you've got state threats from Iran, you've got terrorism being accelerated by the events and hate crimes in communities. For Jewish communities, it's now about 14-fold increase in anti-Semitism in London, and for Muslim communities, it's nearly threefold. So this is really precarious. In the middle of it, we've got these big protests, said Mark Rowley, the Met Commissioner. So this is, this is thought policing, dear listener, I would argue. And lost in all of this is tens of thousands of people have taken to the streets of the UK's biggest cities over recent weekends to protest the Holocaust in Gaza. Because that's what it is. Men, women and children in Gaza are being blown to pieces on an unbelievable scale. Murdered, slaughtered in their homes. It is barbaric. Nothing justifies it. Nothing at all. And tens of thousands of people have taken to the streets of this country uh, to say, not in our name, this is disgusting. Now, lost in all of this is that amongst these, 
I shouldn't have said tens. It's hundreds of thousands of people who have come out. Look at the scenes in London, in Manchester, in Birmingham, in Bradford, in other places over the weekend. Hundreds of thousands of people. Amongst the hundreds of thousands of people protesting are thousands of Jewish people, Jewish men and women, who don't have to come out to support uh, the, 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 the rights of the people of Palestine. They're not obliged to, in the same way we don't expect Muslims, whenever there's a terrorist attack and it's blamed on a radical Islamist, we don't expect that Muslims should put their hands up and say, I don't agree with it. We, we, we take people at face value. I automatically assume that people don't agree with things like this. But Jews come out in their thousands. I've met them at Media City in Salford. Not in our name. And the media doesn't want you to know this. The media, nor does Mark Rowley, the Met Commissioner, doesn't want you to know that thousands of Jews come out and protest the Holocaust in Gaza because they're the wrong Jews, you see. So you get some reports coming in. I mean, we've seen this on, on, on the national media when various groups of, you know, various groups who purport to be looking out for the rights of Jews in the UK, but they really don't represent Jews at all, right? Like the campaign against anti-Semitism and the Community Security Trust. They come out and they say, oh, anti-Semitism has come up 15 times. And then you're asked, they're asked to put some meat on those bones. Give us an example, lads, and they can't. It's name-calling. Name-calling. Name-calling now is hate crime. Hate crime. And you know, I'll leave this because I could rant on and on about it and, 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 and use up most of the 20 minutes talking about it. Um, there is no anti-Semitism in the UK worth speaking of. Jewish people, as I've said a thousand times over the years, do quite well and good luck to them. <coughs> Excuse me, good luck to them in this country. They do very well. And they're in no danger whatsoever because of their beliefs, because of their culture. Um, what's happening is the establishment doesn't like the fact that hundreds of thousands of people have taken to the streets to say not in our name. And at the same time, not a single politician, not a single front bench politician in government or in opposition has the courage to call it out what it is, crimes against humanity. What should happen is Israel should be sanctioned back to the Stone Age. Every asset owned by the state of Israel overseas should be embargoed. It should be seized. Every Israeli ambassador should be kicked out of every country in the world. Israel's exports should be frozen. They should not be allowed to export out of that country. Every port should be closed down. You are committing a holocaust against the indigenous people of that region. We're not going to put up with it, is what politicians should be saying. But to a man and woman, silence. We'll leave that one alone for now, right? The papers, the Times, will stay with the Times. Young people failing to act on carbon concerns. Young people failing to act on carbon concerns. Greta Thunberg may be the voice of a generation alarmed about climate change, but she is also the voice of a generation failing to do much about it, research suggests. Interesting, isn't it? As the story reads... The study by YouGov of 1,008 Britons found that more than 80% of 18 to 24-year-olds say they are worried about global warming compared with nearly 70% of the over 65s. A higher proportion of young people also believe that urgent action is required to deal with climate change. However, 
Nearly 90% of the over 65s say they recycle as much as possible compared with only half of young people. Retired Britons are also three times more likely than younger people to have installed energy-saving measures in their homes, such as draft excluders and insulation. Uh, The over 65s are also more likely to have reduced the number of flights they take to take steps to save water, to repair items, to wash clothes at low temperatures and to choose a renewable energy tariff. They are also more likely to turn the heating down and switch off lights in rooms they are not using. So the over 65s more likely to do all of these carbon reducing things in their daily lives than younger people. While some of the findings, according to the Times, may be the result of older Britons being more thrifty or having more time to take the practical steps necessary to cut their emissions, the the results suggest that young people have a long way to go to live up to their reputation as being concerned for the planet. I have a theory here, and like most of my theories, you can dismiss them completely out of hand, straight away. But my theory is that, more than any other generation in history, this generation of 18 to 24-year-olds has been completely infantilised, hasn't it? Everything is done for this generation, that generation, more than ever. Before, if you look back, you think back to when you were, were in that bracket of 18 to 24, think of the things that we used to do that young people are not so likely to do for themselves today. Cooking is one of them. I've seen a million surveys that suggest that 18 to 24-year-olds are far less likely to cook than they were. They're far less likely to do their own washing and drying than we were back in the early 1990s when I was in the 18 to 24-year-old bracket. They've become infantilised. I think it's a deliberate programme of infantilisation. So while on the one hand, yeah, they're terrified about climate change, tragically, and it is a tragedy, because if they were more inclined to do something about it, that process might lead them to understand that it's a load of bollocks. But no, they're happy to whinge about it and genuinely believe it's real, but leave it to others to do something about it. They're being infantilised in so many ways. Also in the Times, AI will lead to job losses. Tech Minister Michelle Donnellan warns artificial intelligence will inevitably lead to job losses, a cabinet minister has indicated, as the government rolls out new tools to help teachers harness the rapidly developing technology. Now, speaking ahead of the government's AI safety summit, the technology secretary, Michelle Donnellan, said it was not about taking away people's jobs, but she warned that the labour market would change. One of the things, she says, that we are discussing at the summit is the societal impacts that could be produced from AI. One of these is around jobs. It will undoubtedly change the labour market every technology does. If we look back to 1940, 60% of the jobs today didn't exist then, according to a number of studies. So they're saying that AI has the capacity to reduce the admin, the bureaucracy in work, allowing doctors to focus on patients and teachers to spend more time in the classroom. I'll tell you where, which sector, in my opinion, the, the sector, one of the most at-risk sectors is the financial sector which employs millions and millions and millions of people around the world, working in finance, in credit control, in cash application, in, uh, in collection. All of these things in the very near future 
will be performed by a program, by artificial intelligence. So millions and millions of people will suddenly find themselves without work. And, in the opinion of this broadcaster, there, there won't be very much left for them to do. What happens to all of those people with no job and no prospects of getting another job? You will own nothing and you will be happy, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Let's go to the Telegraph. Welsh government plans to redefine women to include transgender females. More madness. The Welsh government wants to um, make it much easier for men to say that they're women and to be legally considered such. Uh, the proposal was revealed on Sunday in a leaked draft of the Welsh government gender quotas bill, which proposes that half the candidates in any list to be members of the Senate must be women. So it sounds great, doesn't it? If you're a feminist, it might sound great if you're a feminist. Right, we want half the candidates in any list, candidates now, in elections of the Senate, they must be women. The report states, for the purposes of the proposed legislation, this includes transgender women, which are not really women. The report doesn't say they're not really women. That's me editorialising there. Is the definition further stated, according to the Telegraph, the transgender meant, quote, a person who is proposing to undergo, is undergoing, or has undergone a process or part of a process for the purpose of reassigning their sex to female by changing physiological or other attributes of sex. It also stated that a constituency returning officer could not challenge or make any inquiry in relation to a statement made by a candidate. Fantastic! Can't challenge it. But I'm a lady. But you're not. I can see the Adam's apple on you. You've got a bigger Adam's apple than if it was a real apple stuck in your throat. You're a man. Oh, I'm a lady and I want to run for the Labour Party. Off you go then. Can't challenge it. Crazy. We see this in Scotland as well. Let's leave that alone. Telegraph will stay with the Telegraph. Boris Johnson favoured Swedish-style approach to COVID over lockdowns, scientist says. This is very interesting. So the COVID inquiry continues, and this week we'll hear from Dominic Cummings, amongst others. Sunetra Gupta, remember her from Oxford? Um, she says that Johnson was in favour of a Swedish-style approach to COVID rather than more lockdowns in the autumn of 2020. Okay? Not at the beginning, in the autumn. She says that Johnson was persuaded by a Swedish expert that lockdowns could be avoided by implementing less restrictive rules. Gupta took part in a roundtable with Johnson, Rishi Sunak and several other scientists in September 2020 as the government debated how to tackle COVID. At the time, restrictions had been eased. Johnson had been keen to seek a range of views during the meeting on Zoom titled, quote, Should the government intervene now? And if so, how? Question mark, end quote. And Johnson asked Professor Gupta and Carl Hennigan, both prominent critics of lockdowns, for advice as well as Anders Tegnell, Sweden's state epidemiologist. Unlike the rest of the world, says the Telegraph, Sweden took a different approach to the pandemic, only introducing social distancing, limited travel restrictions and bans on mass gatherings. And the article goes on to say that everybody around the table uh, was all for, or around the table on Zoom, was all for no more lockdowns and taking the Swedish approach or adopting the Swedish approach. But Gupta has said and will say this week that Johnson was swayed by somebody 
called Dame Angela McLean, who's now the government's chief scientific advisor, that everybody else was like, no, no, lockdown's not good, let's follow Sweden. But this woman, Angela McLean, apparently, uh, who initially supported Tegnell from Sweden, changed her mind and somehow managed to change Johnson's mind as well. How interesting. And the Mail Online then, we'll go to the Mail Online briefly. Police, here's the headline, police could probe a 40-year-old man who dressed up as the Manchester Bomber for a Halloween costume. A bloke went to a Halloween party and he dressed up as Salman Abedi, the man blamed for the Manchester Arena bombing of 2017. I think it was 2017. Yeah, May 22nd. Here's the story. A twisted prankster is facing a police probe. Twisted prankster. After he dressed up as the Manchester Arena bomber from Ariana Grande's concert for Halloween. They've named the bloke David Wooten, 40, took photos in an Arabic-style headdress and T-shirt with I Love You Ariana Grande handwritten across it in marker pen. He also posted a photo on Facebook of a black rucksack with the words boom and TNT scrawled across it. The Mail Online goes on to say 22 people were murdered, some of them children and hundreds injured when suicide bomber Salman Abedi detonated his device in the foyer of Manchester Arena at the end of an Ariana Grande concert on May 22nd and yes, 2017. Wooten's Facebook post read... Bet I get kicked out of the party. After people on Facebook asked him to take down the post, he added, I only went and won the best costume prize. And this is the bit that gets me. But ex-friend of Wooten, an ex-friend of Wooten said they contacted North Yorkshire police to report a hate crime. Who rings the police to say, I've seen a bloke wearing... Uh, what looks like a, a mocked up bomb in a bag and, and an Ariana Grande t-shirt. I'd like to report a crime. A dickhead. That's who does that. I, 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 I know you know. Straight, straight to mine, right? Dickhead. Anyway. I was at the game yesterday, as I mentioned. And as you will see if you watch soccer live on the television, the... Pitches are surrounded by electronic boards, right? Advertising hoardings are all electronic these days. Every few minutes it flashes up. Uh, an advice advice to the assembled supporters that if they hear or see anything that might be a hate crime, they should text a certain number and somebody will deal with it. Amazing these times we live in. I know that's a cliche every time I say it. But I am stunned. That is the papers for Monday, October 30th, 30th, easy for me to say, 2023. Join me today at 5 o'clock, live if you can, because it's an interactive programme. The Richie Allen Show, the very first one of the week today, Monday. I look forward to your company. Do let others know about the papers. Um, the papers will return tomorrow, Tuesday, at around about the same time. But as I said, in the meantime catch up with you a little bit later on today. Have a great day, by the way, wherever you happen to be. Speak real soon.